What's going on, everyone? Alex Chateras here with another Knicks episode, and we got to break down what we just saw this past week for the New York Knicks. We just had them play three games. We saw them at the Pacers, and then they had their home stands against the Philadelphia 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks. A lot of things happened. We have some questions along the, the point guard issue that we have, although if you saw the Bucks game today, you'd think that there'd be nothing wrong with <laughs> Alfred Payton. And Best team in the got, league. I know, right? Best <laughs> team in the league, John. But then we got to look at these upcoming games because we got the Cavaliers, Raptors, and Pacers coming up. And then, John, what do we got for et cetera today? Uh, what's up, Alex, for et cetera today? We're just going to be talking about the primetime games we got on this Tuesday night. Uh, we got Bucks, Heat, uh, and Pelican Suns. A little um, divisional matchup uh, in the Eastern Conference, Toronto, Philly. We'll touch on that, you know. See how we feel about the league. It already started up, and we just kind of, you know, get get our thoughts. Sounds good, John. All right, let's kick this thing off, Ricey. Good, everyone. Alex Jeteris here with another Knicks episode for the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, is my buddy, my co-host, my pal, the man with the plan, the dude who's going to go to MSG right now and coach the New York Knicks himself. Alongside Tom Thibodeau, John Malika. <laughs> What's going on, my guy? What's up, man? What's up? Merry Christmas. Hope your holidays went well. And hell yeah, man. Just watching those games at the Garden, I cannot wait to be within earshot of Tibbs, man. I, I literally need to be at the garden every night right next ear shot from Tibbs, man. I need it. Ear, ear shot, but Merry Christmas. Eat it. Happy I, ear shot. I need it. Yes. Ear shot. <laughs> I need it. I need to be screaming at Tibbs. Yes. Yeah. I need it in my, I need it. Oh my God. But let me just reiterate what you said. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to our listeners out there. We all hope that you had a safe and wonderful holiday season. Thank you for tuning in with us and listening to another Knicks episode. Really appreciate it. And as John said, we need, well, he needs, and I'd love to see what John would do in earshot of Tom Thibodeau because, my God, these past three regular season games have been up and down. I can only imagine what he's saying. We've seen some It would be a love fest. It would be a love defense. fest, man. I love Tibbs. Uh, my God. Thibodeau's been doing wonders right now. That's all I can say. Um was I got a shout out to to the Strickland? They had uh they had this nice funny meme where they had Fizdale giving the thumbs up when they were losing last year. You have Tom <laughs> Thibodeau with a thirty point twenty to thirty point lead on the Bucks, and he's just serious. He's all about business. As the a year makes a difference, man. A year makes a difference. My God, but forget year, dude. Forget year. Honestly, our tone, game to game, half to half is changing. Um, so far with these first three games, dude. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And like I was trying to say, it was, you know, Tom Thibodeau listening to him. You, you, the defense has been there for the most part. It's been sturdy. The offense is the most inconsistent thing. And for any of you that follow my writing over at Hoops Habit, I wrote about this. This is going to be the most inconsistent part of the team. Offensive, The offensive scheme is just going to be <laughs> on and off. Scheme? Day. Yeah, we have, we have an offensive scheme? We have an offensive what scheme. What is it, dude? They, what is it? Can they execute is the bigger question. Can they execute? There is a scheme, but can they execute? Um, that's always the question. And it's just going to be on and off every single night. And if you watched all three games, it's always a tale of two halves. Off it, it's oh, my goodness. Yo, if you if – you, so, like, so far we have the six halves. If you just put them all – I mean, I guess the Bucks game – we were kind of consistent there. Yeah, it was, so, that was the most consistent thing from start to finish. That's just an anomaly at this point. But honestly, but. Let's, we, should, we should throw that game out as if it's like a, a, f- a football game that we lost by like 60. Just bury the ball. Bury that game ball because like it's a, it was Sunday opposite day. And like we can't, <laughs> we can't, like we can't depend on it. Like the New York Knicks we know is what we saw in those first two games where, where we have pretty decent first halves. And our... Th- especially third quarter, man. We, we were talking about it, in, you know, in the offseason, like the third quarter Knicks, like just like <laughs> you're going to write third quarter Knicks on my gravestone. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> you can, man. That's the scariest part. Like everyone knows it's like first half. We're there. We're in it. Whether we're down or we're up, we're in it. It can be a six point game. 
We're in it. Even but if even if third, even if even if we don't have a center, even if both our centers are, have have six fouls in in the first quarter, we're still in it. I know, but we're still in it. And next thing you know, second half comes around. You're just like, what am I just watching? Third quarter is just abysmal. But you know what? I'll give it this. Today, watching the Bucks game, it looked like everyone was comfortable. It seemed like, like I'm going to say this and not saying with full certainty, Peyton seemed to get out of whatever funk he was in. He looked like Peyton of like last season, not the scoring wise. That's not what I'm saying that he's because he scored really well today. You know, I know he had, um, what was it? He had 27 points, uh, which was just an anomaly. You're not going to get that out of Peyton every single night. Let's, let's just let's just keep that down to earth. But he looked confident. He was attacking the lane. He was finishing around the rim. He was doing his stuff. But what's up? No, no, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no, you're, you're, you're I, I, I thought you wanted to say something. Um, no, it was just, you got, we got something from Peyton that we didn't usually see. And this game... Total anom- anomaly. I'm not. I'm staying for pain. Like I hope that it's you know this is what we see coming forward. Just him. Not. I hope he can average 27. I don't think he can, but I just want to see him be aggressive to attack and finish, which is what he's supposed to do. The first two games were just like if this is what we're gonna get all season long, eject that man into the moon. I do not need to see this. Just give me everybody else who's on that bench. My goodness gracious, dude. Whew. Those first two games were rough for Peyton. It was hard, yeah. man. Yeah, it was going wild. Twitter yeah, let's give. Wild. Yeah, so you know, we 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 assume that if you're listening, you know, you're really part of the Knicks community, and of course, you've been watching these games from front to back. But let's just let's just give them a, a tale of the tape, man. So we we had we had the one and two um, Knicks go after the first three games. We didn't really have it going like this, but at first, man, at first with that first half. Of that Pacers game, things were going great, yep. right? Everything was going great. Like the fouls of just like we we thought we thought just like we thought were gonna happen. The point guard play was kind of like we thought. Ob was kind of weird with his like crazy shots, right in the corner. Mm-hmm. RJ was like um, was delivering yeah, yeah. on that chip. Was delivering on that chip on his shoulder from like the from the from the rookie snub. Like it was kind of like everything we thought, and then. Quickly, quickly was just building up. Our man IQ uh, was building from his preseason game, mm-hmm. and then he got that hit pointer from Miles Turner. Welcome to the league, man. Welcome to the league. For no reason, you get a little hip check, and you like you're gonna get a boo boo, man. It's just the way it is. Like that's why you got to be a big boy and you got to like go build in the off season. Like you got to like work out and like become a man like when the difference between a, a body from like 19 to like 24 is insane you know what it i is. mean like it is and he's still young he's still going to develop i mean he's just he has a thin frame he'll put on some muscle uh not really worried but yeah so what we're gonna do we're gonna break down some of these games not fully but just what we saw these past through these three games and what we and just really just try to put a bow on it and see what we can get going forward before we can move on to the point guard issue that we have. And then we can do the, the preview of the next game um, because honestly, the point guard issue is going to be tied to these three games. Uh, so who, 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 who saw it coming, bro? Who saw that coming? Oh, I don't know. Knicks fans for the last, <laughs> I don't know, since 2013, we, since Raymond Felton, like, can we just talk about all the point guards that we had for like this time period? We had Jarrett Jack. We had, uh, we had Alonzo Trier trying to play a point. We had Derrick Rose. We had, oh my God, this is just so bad. Of just yeah, what games. happened to Trier, man? I actually thought he was going to be on the Nets by now, to be honest Yo, with you. So he actually did get an offer from the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, once he cleared waivers when he got released from the Knicks. However, the Cavs tried to restructure his deal or they wanted to restructure his deal that he would make less money, but he still wanted to make somewhere around or a little bit more of what he was currently making. And the mm-hmm. two parties just couldn't get together uh, on an agreement. So he's just waiting for another deal. He's talented. He'll find something. I think he's just waiting it out for an injury or whatnot to get a, sh- to get a shot. So yeah, he's probably going to join a contender like that needs a, like a, some sort of shooter off the bench at some point, mm-hmm. like before the deadline or like before sure. like the deadline for the playoff rosters probably. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But before we go on, I was just thinking about other point guards that we had. We had Shane Larkin. Remember that? Remember that Dude, whole incident? 
he was Shane Larkin. Shane Larkin like came and went on other teams, and he was good on every team except for ours. He was like pretty productive, like off the bench, right? I, even yeah. especially on the Nets, your favorite team. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, how about Langston? <laughs> we had we had Langston Galloway. We had uh, Ron Baker. Apparently, Marty Collins. Marty Collins. How about this one? This one is a. Oh my god! I just had it on the tip of my tongue too. It's a really bad one. I. The amount of bad point guard play we've had for so long is just... We got a lot there. I Brandon mean, Jennings. Talk... Dude, don't talk Don't talk smack about my boy Brandon Jennings. Dude. I like that's Brandon Jennings. Boy. That's my I like boy. Brandon Jennings. He, like wasn't great. he wasn't great at our team, but honestly, that's what... We're going off on a super tangent, but that's why I liked uh, RJ Hampton so much. Because he kind of is on that... Br- I was like a big... I was like a big supporter of Brandon Jennings being like, you know what, screw the NCAA. I'm going to like go make money and like work on my craft and be like be a professional and then come into the NBA with money and like already with one year on my belt of being a professional. That's why I'm like, excited sure. about RJ Hampton. So I, I, I was always excited about Brandon Jennings, but yo, I remember like those games where he would just like go, just like zero for nine, <laughs> just like tough. Like, tough. But, yeah. yo, I'm going to throw our point guards in right now, man. Because, to be honest, man, I'm not happy. Dude, I'm not happy with DSJ. I'm going to throw him into the into the fire with these point guards that we're going to laugh at later. Like, Frank Frank Nickel. You know, like, uh, Frank Smokes. Like, uh, I love him, dude. Like, I was the biggest Frank fan. But, dude, and, and he played well today. You know what I mean? He played, he played great against the Bucks. But, dude, like, Watching him the first two games, like just watching our point guards operate, like was actually hurting my insides. I know, I know. What's what's let's 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 wait off on the point guard because we can really go on. That's just it's not it's not how I want to get there yet. Uh, so let's talk about these games. What I saw, or what we saw, I should say. First thing I gotta say, Julius Randle, man, he's been put. He's really transformed into a totally different player from last season. Dude Love is it. playing. He's playing. It looks like he just needed good coaching. Yeah. He's doing what he's doing. What we talked about. Who would have thought, bro? Who would have thought? <laughs> he's doing what we were talking about with Larry. He's a good passer. He is passing. He almost had a triple double against the Pacers. Man, he is really finding his groove, and he's in great. He looks in great shape. The way he's moving in transition, he's finding guys who are open. He's not forcing any shots. He's letting the game come to him. Dude has been averaging twenty points. Oh my god, dude. 20 points. I feel like he's averaging around like six, seven assists a game at this point. It's he's just passing like no other man. It's great to see. How do you he's, feel about the best player? Oh, uh, sorry. Hey. No, oh, yeah. He, he's the he, dude. I'm, I'm like, I'm like so excited. I want to like jump at the screen at you because like watching Julius Randle play is so damn impressive. And especially because of we know how bad it can be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's 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 like it, it it's like we've seen the ugly of of like what it can be, and I'm I'm telling you, it was it, it reared its ugly head in the first game too, in this Pacers game, mm-hmm. and it, it, he 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 was bad, Randall, for a couple of plays. Yeah, he was. And you could just you, he he has to let out of his system. He's like detoxing, right? Almost it, it feels like, <laughs> and, and 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 that's fair because. He's so clearly the best player on the floor. Like somebody like RJ can get hot, like he did the first game. But he's just like he's gonna regress back to his mean. You know, you know what I mean. I hope, I hope, like he's able to get his average up a little bit higher, and he, you know, his his, you know, his low doesn't go as far because he was like pretty cold the last, you know, you know, the last couple games. So like, he's not really consistent yet so i'm hoping that his floor is higher but julius randall like he knows he's the best player but if we can just get the ball out of his hands like in the beginning of the play like for the first like six seven seconds of the shot clock if it just doesn't touch julius randall he's so productive absolutely and the thing with julius randall right like i can read you his stats for the first three games right here so he's averaging 21 points Eight rebounds, six assists per game. Dude, that is phenomenal. Like, phenomenal from Julius Randle. Point, like, and he's, you know, he's also playing point forward a little bit, and he's not doing too much. He's actually, like, making the right reads, like, not forcing anything. None of that disastrous spin move. Like, he actually, when he does the spin move now, it's so infrequent that players are actually not even ready for it, which is, which is 
amazing. I just, it's just awesome. I like what he's been doing in transition. I like how he's just not doing too much when he's bringing the ball up and down the court. That point Randall is just kind of, it's, it's not too much. And it's just, just enough. It's just enough where he's doing like a decent job in keeping players engaged. He's able to attack the rim. He's keeping guys off balance. Even when it comes to the spin move, he does it so infrequently that no one knows when it's coming. He's been looking great. He's been looking great. But another play I want to bring up that I'm really intrigued by, unless you got anything more to say about Randall, is Alec Burks. Alec Burks is our second, like, between him and Randall, those are the, and I, I, obviously we have a long season. we got 60-some-odd more games to go through it to see how it happens. But as of right now, like 68 games, but Alec Burks, it looks like Alec Burks and Julius Randall are two foundations for scoring, and that's the two guys that we need to rely on because Burks is averaging 22 points. 4.5 rebounds and three assists, one and a half steals as of right now. Dude has just been balling out. He's like butter when he gets on the court with a second unit, put the ball in his hand, and he can just score. He looks automatic. Like just watching his shot from the free throw line, it looks automatic. Awesome to have him on this team. We need shooting in the worst way possible. And just Alec Burks is just another guy the Knicks can rely on. How do you feel about him? Yeah, like I, I think we – we're right on the money after the first preseason game when we said that Alec Burks is our X factor. Mm-hmm. And, and it sounds ridiculous, but I actually think that Alec Burks is our X factor. He is the steady hand on the team. I think we actually, the fact that Randall's playing the way he is, he is being our steady hand at power forward. And Alec Burke is kind of being our steady hand. I guess I don't even know what position he's playing really, like small forward. I, I kind of playing shooting guard to me, like you know what I mean. So uh, he's he's the steady shooting guard. RJ is the inconsistent small forward. We have the inconsistent centers, right, who are in and out of foul trouble. But I kind of like what I kind of like what I'm seeing. And then we have, of course, the the nonsense point guard. So just to have those foundation of just like okay, at least like we know what we're getting there is pretty solid. The problem is if they have mediocre games, which I'm sure to an average fan seems to have seems like it's going to happen more likely than not. You know what I mean? Like the Alec Burke and, and Julius Reynolds are going to have mediocre games. Like we're we're going to be certainly flirting with that 22 game, you know, win because like there's going to be so many L's and so many Philly games, so many Philly second half games and pace of fourth quarter games um, in our future. For sure. And, you know, you brought up with RJ. I don't say, I want to say he's totally inconsistent. His three point shot is inconsistent. I know he had that terrible game against uh, the 76ers. He rough shooting night, but he bounced back. And put up, you know, put up another what eighteen points tonight. So he he, it's tough, man. I think you're good. Like every athlete has, like every basketball player has that terrible shooting night that they all can remember, where they can't hit the broadside of the ocean. But to see that he was able to come back and put up, uh, sorry, seventeen points. The fact that he was able to put up seventeen points, be consistent, uh, attacking the rim, his three point shot. He came out of the gates hot against uh, Pacers going three for three. Couldn't do the same uh, tonight uh, in three-point and last night, which is the concern. You know, we want to see him being able to knock down his three-pointers and his free throws. Uh, free throws against the Bucks. he went three for four. So he's making, he's making improvements, but definitely want to see more from the three-point. But I think he's doing a good job defensively and just being an attacker and passing. I think those are the things that we could say that we at least see from R.J. Barrett. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to be fair and call how how it is. So I agree with you, and I do think that he is coming along, but to be honest, like, he's consistently a bad shooter in the NBA so far, right? Like, you got to call how I see it. So, like, the one-game anomaly, like, was was just just that. If you're going to be fair, I don't think that that's going to be the case going forward. I don't anticipate that at all. Um, but this is, is what it is at this point, right? We got to just 
be honest no, about it. So yeah, yeah so I, like we, I, I, he 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 needs to, he needs to d up. That's all it is. Like you know, like you want my analysis on RJ Barrett? He needs to d up. Forget the forget the shots. If he d's up, and he gets people to he gets his defender because he's usually guarding one of the best players on the court. That's usually how it's going to happen at this point. Like that's just kind of how it's breaking down. If he gets them to take a long shot, and then we, and then we we are able to get into transition, like that's when RJ is going to make his money. He's going to be able to drive, penetrate, dribble, make a shot. Like you know what I'm saying? That's where he makes his money. He, he he's not necessarily amazing in the half court. Like this is not his game. And when we're not good in defense, he's not. We're in the half court set, and he's not in his game. That's just that's just really what I'm uh, picking up. Like that's like what I'm picking up from RJ, from my perspective. Okay, no, I think that's fair, and I can agree with being an inconsistent shooter. I think everywhere else he's made that 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 next then that taking that next step to be consistent with attacking, playing some solid defense. But I agree with that defensively. You know, we've seen him have some a uh, couple lapses, especially when he had. Uh, he took it to the rack against Joel, uh, not Joel Embiid, uh, Ben Simmons, and then Ben Simmons took it to the rack on him, like exchanging plays. And it's like, you can't allow that, you know, and you see when he's playing more agile shooting guards, it's a little difficult for him. So he really needs to get up there and just being a, able to handle those guys. But I agree with you for the most part. Uh, I agree with you on RJ and those, in those aspects of what he needs to improve. And then, Let's talk about our centers, man, because Mitchell Robinson, you know, you sent me that text saying, what is this, Mitch is going to have, uh, what was he, he's going to foul out because he got I was being fouls. sarcastic. No, no, I was being, I was being, so, uh, I mean, I love Mitch, but I was being sarcastic um, before the first know. game, and I was just yeah. like, he's going to get, uh, I was like, he's going to get uh, seven fouls in three minutes. Yeah. I mean, he got he got he got like three he got like three fouls. I was like, yo, he's actually trying. I'm actually close here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, um, but 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 hand up, hand up. He fixed it. Like that that was the Pacers game, right? That's what we're talking about. But he fixed it. Going, he we needed to see improvement going to the Seven Sixers game. He was pissed off. He didn't have uh, enough time on the court. Right, because and I feel him, right? Like, especially if this is becoming such a thing, like other teams know it that you're prone to fouls. You better know the refs know it that you're prone to fouls. So everybody's trying to call fouls on you. You know what I mean? They're they're just calling the game different for him. And when you get to those quick fouls and then the coach takes you out, it's so frustrating because like you just need your groove. Like, what's worse that's gonna happen, dude? I'm gonna get more fouls. Just let me be. You know what I mean? Just like let me like just let me go. Like at this point, like I just needed I just need to like get out of this funk. So I'm really happy about the progression. First game, like I was like, dude, again, like literally, like again, like this is what we're gonna do. We're really not gonna learn from this. Like it, Noel's taking like fifteen footers. Mitchell Robinson's getting fouls. I'm like, dude, this is not like I can't. <laughs> this is not the centers we signed up for. <laughs> I just no. can't. But then he got better the second game, like against Philadelphia. No fouls in the first half. Then he got three fouls in the in the second uh, quarter, and then for the remainder of the game, no fouls. And he played only twenty six minutes. And to be fair, Joel Embiid is a beast for him. Joel Joel Embiid is a big man for him to handle. He was taking uh, Noel and Mitch uh, to the house. Uh, every single night, uh, every single time he got the ball in the paint. And it's a difficult task trying to guard a guy who's that big and that versatile in the paint. Uh, but then going against the Bucks, you only had two fouls. Really impressive. Mitch is, you see the Mitch is making, uh, making improvements with regards to fouls. He's playing good, solid defensive ball, and he's making his shots, which is just dunks, easy lands. He had a nice, really nice land against the Bucks, but you see that he's taking those steps forward and trying to become a better center. So I'm happy about Mitch. Noel is a solid center that comes in for him off uh, the bench as well. I think we're fine at center if these guys can continue to play like this and continue to improve as the season goes along. What do you think? Noel's my guy, dude. Noel, I, I, I'm not even joking. It sounds insane. I, I, because Alec Burks is our X Factor. Julius Randle is our consensus best player. And mm-hmm. we're literally only going to get wins depending on if Noel plays well. Like, that is your 2020 New York Knicks right now. He really, if, Noel, if Noel has a bad game, dude, there's a 75% chance we're losing. 
Yeah, because you can't just rely on Mitch the entire time just yet. Like Mitch has been playing a lot. He like he's getting good minutes, you know, against the Bucks. He had 35 minutes. Granted, it's like a massacre, but you also need solid uh bench play from your center position as well. Like even if it's the 13 minutes that Noel got against the Bucks tonight. Like you just need because if Mitch has to play the entire game, you just see I just saw it tonight when he was going against Giannis and had to go against Brooke Lopez. He's getting tired, man. Those guys are rough to to keep up with for a night in and night out basis for a guy who's still trying to develop as a center. Keep in mind for fans who don't know that Mitch didn't play college ball. This is, this is third year, like him still trying to get acclimated. Like this dude is the rawest talent we could ever see, but he has so much talent that you just got to invest in him. So, but I like the way he's coming along. I think the team as a whole is the only issue. I'm just, this is, this is it. Uh, this is it, John. This is it. This is it. The only issue we have is point guard. Like everything else I could say is like, you know, if we had a point guard, I think we're actually a solid like 30 win team, but we don't have a point guard. So it's a disaster. And it's it's so it's so funny because like I feel like people are this year for some reason, I guess for these first three games, maybe it's the pandemic. Maybe it's because the Knicks are semi interesting. I got people who like I know that like basketball messaging me that never watched the Knicks are like, oh, wow, like. The Knicks look pretty good, and they all have the same message, Alex. And I want to know what you think about this. They all keep saying to me, I can't figure out what the problem is. I can't figure out what the problem is. I can't figure out what the problem is. Alex, do you know what the problem is? Uh, let me guess. It's a point guard? <laughs> it's like, it, it's, it, 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 you know, like when you, when you, when you watch an, like an uh, NFL team play without a quarterback, like it's just like, yeah, they have nice pieces here. Yeah, like the everything is fine. Looks great. Like yeah, these running backs great. These everything's fine. They run a great scheme, but like there's no one to throw the ball. Like there's no one to bring up the ball. But yo, I'm telling you, IQ brought up the ball pretty damn well. Hell yeah, absolutely. IQ is the best point guard that we got on this team, hands down. I don't care how Peyton played tonight unless Peyton could do this for like 20 games straight where he's averaging 20 points you know what I mean where I'd say you know what if that's the case let the guy in if it's efficient like this where he has a a plus minus of plus 15 absolutely Peyton go ahead trot yourself out there with the starting lineup keep doing it my guy but it's not going to be like this every single night because guess what John you and I watched the same exact team last <laughs> year with Alfred Payton starting, and you know this is not what we're getting every single night. He's a steady hand. Yes. If you want to tell me what Payton's probably going to give you, probably 12 points, six assists, and get you like five rebounds. If that, And that's what he can average like consistently because that's who he is. Um, I just – he just – he's just – he just can't shoot. Tonight was the anomaly. When three for three, hit most of his mid-range jumpers and finished around the, the rim, and I was like <laughs> – what is going on, bro? Like he, yeah. everything he touched just like went in. He went twelve for sixteen from the field. Like what happened? And then you see how bad his shot is when he bricks two free throws. I'm just like, oh my god, what is going on here? What is happening? Ah, dude, I don't even, I don't even know where to like to begin. <laughs> yeah, because. Here's the thing, like I, I lo- like ask my brother, dude. He, 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 you should see my text after that Philly game. I, my brother wanted to disown me for ever liking Alfred Payton to begin with. Cause <laughs> I, I, I like, I was a big Alfred Payton fan in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Huge, I was a huge Alfred Payton, especially with that hair, yo. I, I, he, he was just like one of those. I love point guards. Like John Stockton's one of my favorite point guards, right? who obviously he's a, one of the craziest defenders, but I just love that his IQ was so high and he just penetrates and he just figures it out. Like, you could put anybody you want on John Stockton, he's just going to figure it out because we're just playing basketball. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just, like, take away one thing and he's going to be, like, all flustered and, like, not know what to do. Like, he could shoot it, he could dish it, like, he could just do everything, right? So, like, of course, that's, like, my favorite point guard. But I also have, like, this, like, Anthony Hardaway, of course, you know. Like, those are my type of guys. But I have this soft spot for players like Jason Williams, like White Chocolate. Like, I know that Jason Williams is not your NBA. 
you know, championship point guard, like starting point guard. I, I got you. But like, I just have a soft spot for that. Like, I want that guy on my team. So that to me was Alfred Payton. Like, he's just gonna like, he's just like driving in. He's like, he's getting like 12 assists for his, for like players on Orlando. You know what I mean? He's like making like Vucevic look like straight up like Tim Duncan. You know what I mean? And like, it was, it was, it was awesome to watch. Like, <laughs> Evan Evan Fournier is looking out here looking like Rip Hamilton, like on the Pistons, which shout out to him. He's having a great season so far, like picking up where he left off from the bubble. But like it like it, he was just looking so good. So that's that that's my like Alfred Payton uh, like uh, apology. Like, you know, like I I like that type of player. And I was pointing out to you on the 76ers game where he was like where he had that one play. Where he was on the baseline, right? Mm-hmm. He he got he got it. He could have shot it. Like they bumped it around to him. He pump faked it. Got his player on his feet. Dribbled in with his right. You know, crossed over to his left. Got his guy in the air again and bounced past it with his right hand to RJ, who like slammed it in. That is the Alfred Payton that I love. I agree with you. We're not getting Alfred Payton who's hitting four for four from three and like hitting his mid range jump. This is not who he is, and that's not what we're getting. And it's not what I want, honestly. Like. To, like, yeah, sure, it's what I want, and not, it's not happening. This is not what he is. I just need him to dish. What he did today is what I want IQ to be. Yeah, that I exa- exactly. Except for hitting the free throws, which I know IQ can do. Like, if IQ can come in and just provide this type of level of play, absolutely, dude. We just need some sort of competence. Because it wasn't insane. It was insane, insane, dude. Four for four, like, if, like if it was four for seven, no problem. You know what I mean? Like, like that's fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Peyton went for three for three from the field. I think IQ can totally do that. Like, 42% three-point shooter in college, totally can do that. Um, you know, and I think, like, when you watch IQ play, like, we saw it during the Pacers game. Once he got hurt, everything started to unravel. We didn't have him for the Sixers game because you saw when we don't have competent point guard play, it is – horrendous just like i you cannot you cannot work a team like this you can't have everything else but the quarterback like in the nfl like you pointed out you know it's just it just doesn't make sense not at all and i think what we're going to see coming forward going forward is that iq is going to get a lot of heavy minutes i don't care how Peyton produces tonight unless like i said earlier he can produce like this on a constant basis which i know is just not possible we're talking about a guy who's a career Career, 10.9 points, 4.4 rebounds, 6.6 assists. Like, it's not happening, people. He's not going to do this. Appreciate it. Came at a time where it's like, we needed to win. My God, this is this was a, a great victory. Bask in it because it's not going to be like this for Peyton all the time. But, the, but, John, the issue is that we have, you know, when we saw we didn't have IQ, we saw that Tibbs just went between Peyton, DSJ, uh, he had the dual backcourt between Burks and RJ, uh, and it's just like I hate all of it. I hate literally all of that. Throw that honestly, all in the garbage. I know. I, honestly, I'm not too upset with the Burks and the RJ. Oh, fine RJ, with that was okay. That was okay. That was but I don't love it. I don't love it. I don't love it, but it's fine. Let, let RJ try to work on his playmaking, expand his role, see what he can do because he needs to. Add, if he's going to be a cornerstone cornerstone piece, he needs to be able to be a playmaker. We'll see what happens. Burks can do. A, he can do a little bit. Um, but Jesus, DSJ, Frank, the first night was terrible. Frank tonight against the Bucks was phenomenal. He was aggressive. He attacked the lane. He was taking his shots. He had a, a one or two shot where he should have taken, where he should have just like gone up with it. But for the most part, he played the way that we wanted Frank to play for so long. And the question is for Frank too, can he do this consistently on a night to night basis? Four for four from three, probably not likely. But can he be aggressive? Can he be aggressive and just try to make shots? That's all I need from a guy who like to keep the defense honest. And John, we have Austin Rivers who's going to come back. Yes, this whole, this whole thing is going to say. This I was going to say Austin Rivers is going to come in here and just be like, "All right, like what about me?" And you know who's going to get screwed? Honestly, DSJ. Like. It's Frank too. You could say Frank is uh, going to get screwed, man. Uh, I was going. I was going. I was going. I was going. But he. he like he had such a good game today, so I'm not gonna. I get it's hard to like, especially because he's gonna have some good games coming up here, some nice matchups coming up. Yeah. So like, uh, it, it, it's it's and now we have DSJ hurt. 
And Austin Rivers coming off a groin injury, he's not going to be playing full minutes, even for Austin Rivers, you know what I mean, for what he expects. So, like, Frank is still going to get time. He's, I don't want to say he's going to get screwed not to, like, I don't want to put him down, but because, like, guess what? Who else is there? Like, IQ's hurt. DSJ's hurt. Austin Rivers is hurt. Like, that's it. Like, it's Peyton and Frank. Like, the literally, that's literally it. So, hey, like, well, we had last season, too. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. We're just, we're just, but, like, here's the thing, man. We're back to where we were last year, but we're better. We're better because of the coaching. We're better because Mitch is better. Noel is better. Alec Burks is better. Julius Randle's better because of Tibbs. Like, because everybody's, everybody is, like, quietly fitting into their role. The problem is nobody is able, nobody has the physical talent. Let's just be... Let's call a spade a spade. No one has a physical talent or the wherewithal to be our starting point guard right now. Maybe IQ could do it. Like, let him get on the court first. DSJ can't do it. Payne can't do it consistently. Let's see what Austin Rivers can do, but probably not be our starting point guard. And then, like, Frank is un- inconsistent with it. So, we they kind of are who we thought they were um, at this point. I'm pleasantly surprised with four out of the six halves of basketball. Like yeah. you know, you, you know, like like court. Like it's just, I, it, it's hard for me to put it into words because, like, if I just take like the first half of the Pacers game, the first half of the Seven Sixers game, and the entire Bucks game, and put those together for you, and be like, "Yo, this is the Knicks." You'd be like, "Wow, this team is unbelievable." Even though he had a lot of mistakes, uh, you know, in 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 the Pacers game, a lot of mistakes in the Philly game, and like it's Sunday opposite day in the NBA, so like we can't really take in too much account into this Bucks game. But like, if you if I just gave you those, you'd be like, wow, this Knicks team is like top five in the East, dude. But if I showed you <laughs> the second half of the Pacers and and Philadelphia 76ers game, you would think this game doesn't belong in New York City Park. <laughs> so like it's it's so like 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 I that's where my optimism comes in. So like we're sitting at one and three. We don't have a point guard. There's injuries. Obi Toppin, who is really looking like Amari Stoudemire to me, um, like the modern day Amari Stoudemire because he's like pulling up from three instead of pulling up from the free throw line. <laughs> All right, uh, but yeah. he's still hitting the top of the backboard. So it's kind of the same Amari Stoudemire to me. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yep. like. It, like we are, we are such an improvement, man, and we still have the same gaping holes. But there's so much optimism from all the good basketball I've seen, and I think that the I think that the the two halves of basketball could be. Could be fixed. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say could be repaired, but just like could be like you know like some band aid, some gum. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I nah. mean? Like a, a, it's not gonna be a full cast, but just like some paper clips, a rope. <laughs> I hear you. No, and I totally agree. And you know, I wrote about this for Hoops Habit. It just came out uh, Saturday. And there's three things I said that you can find from the Knicks team this season. Uh, they're going to be confident. They're going to be playing with a lot of energy, and they're going to be inconsistent. Um, the team's going to come out there confident and you can say, what does that mean? If it's going to be a losing season, how are they going to be confident? You know, it's different when you come with a team that has a new head coach, a new front office, and you're saying, look, this is, this is the right way. What we had previously is bad. You got to trust the, the process on this one, right? Trust the process as the Sixers did. So the guys could have a losing season, but they see improvement that they're playing better. They're close in games. It's just like, we're talking about a couple points that it could have gone their way. It's major improvement than getting blown out and just being ISO'd, sloppy basketball play from last season. Totally different energy. You know, the energy on this team is so apparent. Defense, when you start seeing DSJ just like getting up everyone's ass and trying to make He was so gritty, bro. He was so gritty. You don't see DSJ was not doing that in Dallas. Like that this is stuff that you're just gonna see. Kevin Knox, and we gotta talk about his game for a second, because I like how Kev's just been playing aggressive. It hasn't been perfect, but he's playing aggressive and I like it. Um shout out shout out to uh one of our boys, Leo Valentine, for for you know going back and forth on Kevin Knox because he had me dying the other day. Like the first yo. game he was like he like threw Kevin Knox like on the bus the next day he was like, just kidding, yo. I love Kevin, you know, you can stay. Like he had me dying, but 
that's how like that's how emotional we are with Kevin Knox. We want him to do so well, and like the minute he starts hitting his baskets and like Ding up, we're just like wow. But I'm just gonna be reluctant on one thing with Kevin Knox. He did the same thing last year. So don't let him fool you. In the beginning of last year, he was making buckets, dude, and I was hyped, and he, and he fooled me. So I, I just don't want to be hurt. I just don't want to be hurt again. So I'm, uh, I'm vibing again with my girl Kevin Knox. Right? I'm vibing. I'm vibing. Right? I feel it. I feel. I feel. Uh, I feel some chemistry happening, and I just don't want. I just don't want to be hurt again, man. I just don't want to be hurt by by Kevin Knox. That's the best way I can explain it. For sure. For sure. I hear you. And shout out to Lee Valentine. Awesome listener. The construction Tim, Kevin Knox. Let's get that straight, John. Uh, no, like I, I agree. Like we saw Kevin Knox, but I think the difference with Kevin Knox last season is that he wasn't really attacking the rim last year. He was doing more shooting, like just taking a lot of jumpers, not really like attacking the lane. I don't know how you feel. I don't know how you feel about that. What do you think? I don't know. Is, is this being like a stupid, you know, lazy Tibbs Bulls comparison? But is he Tony Snell? My God, Jesus! I don't know. That's a is, is that lazy? Is that lazy? Because he, he to me he's just playing the Tony Snell role. Like he's getting limited minutes. He's trying to hit his threes. He's doing his driving, and he's like playing that like backup wing role. And if he can do that, man, it's perfect. Like yeah. how how amazing is that, dude? That we don't need you to score twenty eight points, dude. We need you to score thirteen. Like dude. if you hit if you hit if you hit three threes and like a couple free throws, do we're gonna be we're gonna be like we're gonna be naming our children Knox. Like you know, you know, you know what I mean. Like that's all you need, dude. Like hit like 30 to 17 points a game. Like we're literally gonna put your name in the rafters. Like, like that's what's insane. Like we don't need you to be. Like we need RJ Barrett to do better. We just need yeah. him. We need him to be in the twenties. But Knox, dude, we don't need that. Not not we don't. And especially right now, like we don't because we have you know the small forward position and the power forward position set and it will be top and Obi top is going to be the four at some point. He's going to be the starting guy. If he's on this team, um, RJ is going to be the starting uh, small forward. So Knox and for Knox is great. This is his time to get acclimated, play hard, have good coaching for once. You know what I mean? Like actually someone who can develop him like, look against the bucks. He had seven, seven points, but, the, def- the big defensive uh, play that he had was that steal. He dove on the floor, passed it to RJ for an outlet pass for an easy lay-in. And that should have been a, a foul uh, on DiVincenzo. And that's, you know, that's the stuff that you need from Knox. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing crazy. Yeah. And, he, and if he can make his shots, that's when you really are getting, unleashing Kevin Knox. Right? But I like what he's doing. But to go back to what I was saying about the my piece and really talk about, like, transition-wise, like, we see that this team's going to play with energy. And I love that. Last season... We saw Randall just like bring the ball up slow, doing the whole point forward. We tried to run a whole half court set with this Knicks team, which was just abysmal. We didn't do anything in transition last year. If you go to NBA stats right now and look up the percentile that the Knicks were in for completing, completing uh, transition points, it is zero percent. It's the zero percentile. We did. We didn't even get ten plays a game, which is the minimum that you need. <laughs> we be, can't even. We can't even we didn't get the even stat. Do that last season, <laughs> Jesus! Like that's how bad it was. That is how bad it was. And now that we get to see this, it's great, dude. And the energy we're seeing on defense, the defense has been good. It's been solid, which you know, it's not perfect. It's just been solid from what we've seen. And then, like I said, this team's just going to be inconsistent, man. Don't expect. I'm not expecting like a winning season. I'm still expecting 24 wins, but it's just. It's okay, listen. Be, listen, man. Listen, listen, listen. This is a positive vibes podcast right now. Alex. Okay. We are riding. We are riding high, man. We are. I have to we keep are riding real, high bro. today. Okay, listen, 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 listen. We're gonna take it one step at a time. We got the Cleveland Cavaliers coming up. We got the Raptors coming up, and we got the Pacers coming up. We're just on the road, right? We got. We had a little mini homestand, and we 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 have a we have a pretty nice slate coming up. So we have the Cavaliers, who we did pretty well against in the yeah. preseason. We got the Raptors, who are winless right now. And then we got the Pacers again, who NBA teams tend to split, um, you know, going into that, especially once, like, I think within, like, a week. Usually, like, you know, right away it's a split. But, like, you know, within a week when they play, so it's usually a split. So let's start with the Cavs game, man. Like, what do you how, – well, how do you think? Let's be realistic. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question before we start going into the games. What did you think about Obi Toppin this week for his, I guess, the one game that he did play against uh, 
the Pacers because it was, you know, he's injured right now. He has a, he has a strained uh, calf. So he's, he's going to miss six games. He's going to be out for a while. And just to go down through the other injuries that we have, we have, it's so, it's so sad because we get, we don't get to see any of our rookies start uh, play for a little bit, man. It's, it's really sad. Like I really wanted to see what uh, IQ could do. IQ's out with a hip pointer, but that's day to day. You got uh, DSJ who's out with a uh, a contused left quad, and then God knows what's going on with Amari Spellman. I have no idea, but no one really cares. <laughs> and then you have Austin Rivers with his groin injury, who's slowly working back. He's been cleared for contact recently, yeah, but slowly working his way back. Um, what did you think about Obi in his first uh, debut? Uh, you know, I didn't think it was. I I thought he had a good floor game where he was making solid passes, running the court really well. He hit three of his seven or eight uh, three-pointers. That's really good. Um, You know, the mid-range, not really feeling it, but I get it that you're going against Sabonis. (laughs) And you're going against Miles Turner, all these other, like, seasoned bigs, and he's not Mid-range? You saw mid-range? I was seeing full range. He 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 took so he took like a couple mid range. I was like, "What are we doing here, man? Just can you go to the rack for a second? Let's try." Dude, that. he's Amari Stoudemire. Um, Dude, he's literally Amari, he's the modern day Amari Stoudemire. He, he plays exactly bi- like him, even the way he I dribbles, think. like with his shoulders like broadly. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just dribbles with like his like like he waits for the ball to like come all the way back up. Like he's he even dribbles like Amari. <laughs> It's so true. It is so true. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so, like I said, Obi Toppin went, like, three for seven. Sorry, three for seven from three-point range. He went three for 12 from the field. It was ugly uh, with regards to shooting. I wish they used him in more act, more action, more motion, like pick and rolls to the basket, give and goes, something along those lines, getting him in the dunker spot to make some easy buckets. Uh, but they had him like stretch out. I get, I get that you want this whole modern stretch four. I know he shot thirty nine percent on low volume at Dayton from three. Uh, I, I'm not gonna make a big to do about it. It's just one game. We haven't seen him for the second and the third game, and we have to wait until he comes back. And that's probably why he didn't play well because he did have an injury. But how do you feel about Obi Toppin's one game? What do you have to say about it? Yeah, again, that's pretty much it for me. Like, I, I I don't want to go too much into it. It's just literally one game. He looks like Amari Stoudemire to me. I just need him to D up. I need him to watch Paul Millsap tape. Like, literally, go home, like, pull up Paul Millsap Atlanta tape. Like, he's hitting threes as well, man. Don't worry about it. Like, he, he's got you. You know what I mean? Like, be better at threes than Paul Millsap. But, like, just go home, figure out what he's doing. Like... All I, <laughs> all I want, like, Obi and Mitch to do, Mitch is, like, he's fine already, but, like, kind of Obi is to just, like, be like Dennis Rodman in the last dance where he's just, like, figuring out, like, how to get rebounds. Like, that's what, you know, like, that, that's it, dude. Like, figure out how to get boards, like, how to, how to stay on your defender. Like, that's all I need you to do. Your stupid threes, your mid-ranges, like, they're going to come. He really... I feel like the Knicks are starting to have a type with their rookies. So RJ and OB feel like a type to me. They like really feel like the same kind of player at their perspective positions where like they're kind of like hot and cold. They're very emotional. Like they have like a chip on their shoulder. You know what I mean? And they have like such high potential, but they need players around. They need a solid foundation around them and they can't be asked to do too much. Like if we're, no, I can, I can get behind that. I think they are. I think it's a certain character that this team is building. I think they got, you know, Mills and Perry got lucky gaining RJ with the third pick. And this this draft, like, they got lucky gaining Obi with the eighth pick because he fell so far. But they're definitely there's definitely a character with this team that they're trying to create. And those two, if they're going to be the leaders of this team, have that same, like, two totally different tra- trajectories, right? You have RJ, who comes from an established basketball family, and you could say Obi can't, comes from a basketball family because of his father, who's Dunker's Delight, and one mixtape, played internationally. RJ's father played internationally, but we're talking about Steve Nash. So there's like a high caliber for RJ, right? And I feel like Obi has been, because RJ has been touted. He went to Mount Verde. He went to, 
He went to Duke. Duke. He, he he's he's that's the creme de la creme of like a basketball player. Then you have Obi. Dude wasn't even looked at in high school to go from from Austin to go play in a college. He had to go to a JUCO and then go earn his way to go get to Dayton. Two totally different way, two totally different paths, but two guys who just want to learn the game, who want to play the game the right way, and who want to be winners and want to contend. So I think that there's that's that element right there. They just want to win. They want to know the game. They love the game, and they want to be the best that they can be. And I think that's what we're get. That's the foundation that we have. So for Obi, I'm, I'm stoked to have him. I, I I want to see more out of him. Obviously, I think he'll. I think the game will come, especially when he's healed up. I think he was just playing injured. So let's all like relax on Obi. I know there's takes on Twitter, just like what we did with R.J. Barrett last year. Remember that? R.J. Barrett is a bust in summer league. It's like, okay, guys, how are we looking now? Hmm. Just why don't we all just yeah, shut up? For yeah, just yeah, yeah. It's just patience. <laughs> It's just patience, man. It's just patience and and really taking it one step at a time. And like that and like I, I want to jump into like this week's games, man, because like yeah, we have the Cavs we have the Cavs coming up. Like we did really well against them in their preseason games. I know Kevin Love is back. They're three and oh man. I, I, I know, but exactly. <laughs> like, like like the Cavs are gonna go four and oh? Like is that is that really <laughs> what we're gonna be staring at right now? Like, you is that we, really going to be happening? I would like to point out to you, John, that we did this for the Cleveland Browns and the Jets. Uh, and look where we are, baby. And look where we are. They might not even make the playoffs. Hey, I said my super team only need to be 8-8. Eight and eight. That's, the, that's the category. They're exceeded <laughs> expectations. I don't even care. Um, Dude, the Cleveland but, Browns might not even make the playoffs. Even the, 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 the Cleveland so Cavaliers. Even the Cleveland Cavaliers. That is so sad and comical at the same time. Browns are browning, Jets are jetting. Uh, what a world! Knicks are nixing, baby. Hey. So I think I think I think this cap. I think I think this is going to be a W for us, man. I really think we're going to beat the Cavs. I think we're going to Cleveland and 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 take this W coming off this Milwaukee win. Um, okay. And the, the Cavs are undefeated. It's not we're going to take the Cavs lightly. We have no, we have nothing to take lightly. We stink. We all know we stink. Um, and the cat and the Cavs are undefeated, man. It's it's. This is a good spot for the Knicks, as weird as that sounds. On the road, too. I like the Knicks on the road here. And they have a couple easy games on the road. It's about to get, it's about to get bad. But right, yeah. now, right, right now, it's time to take advantage. Yeah, no, definitely against the Cavs. I can see them beating the Cavs. I think this is the game of the week. Actually, this is one of the two games of the week that they can come out with a victory because, you know, first, let's go through the Cavs. I think the matchup is going to be uh, just fine. Uh, was it Drum is going to be a hell for Noel and Mitch. We saw that in the preseason. Um, and, lo- and love, man. But love is more so a four. I don't know if he's going to be playing against. I mean, they're going to probably switch. They're going to get switched onto at some point for sure. But I, you know, Randall's going to be playing the four and true. And Randall, true. Can Ran- he can he handle him. Yeah, I think Randall could take on Kevin Love, but they will. I think Mitch will serve better against Love in that aspect because Love likes to shoot. He likes to stretch the four. Drummond is like your true old school center just back to the basket pound you get it physical like I, and mitch is just not there yet he still needs to to put on more muscle but i think that's where the match is going to be and then point guard man we already know what it is are we gonna get what peyton are we gonna get what guards are we gonna get who's gonna play that's even a better question is quickly back at this game hopefully he is i don't think so I, i'm not sure that this injury heals that quick it's all based on pain tolerance and mobility so unless he is fully practicing with contact, um, I would not expect it. But the guard play and the centers are going to be the key aspect of this game. Um, I can still see the Cavs coming out with victorious if if we get another good game from Alfred Payton or Frank Nelikina, uh like we did uh, against the Bucs. Um, let's move on to the Knicks at Raptors. They're going down to Florida, not Toronto, down to Florida to pay, to play the Raptors. I don't know, man. This team's winless. Do you think the Knicks can come in and come uh, beat uh, the Raptors? Well, no. So I think that Toronto. Uh, so Toronto's going to be at Philly uh, the gate the day before. Um, so I think that yeah the 29th the Raptors will be at Philly so um the same day we're at the Cavs yeah I think that Toronto wins that game 
Versus uh, Philly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, so they're not going to be winless coming in, and I think they're going to be 500 by the time uh, they finish that game versus the Knicks. Okay. And I then it's gonna be that. it's gonna be all, all everything's gonna be all hunky dory back in uh, back in the Florida Toronto land. <laughs> really polar opposites of where they're going, but I I agree with you. I don't see the Knicks beating the Raptors just because. Look, I think a lot of people we don't are, have a point guard, <laughs> and they, they do. Have, they do, and they got not one. They got two and three. Because let's not forget, uh, they got. Malachi Flynn on that team, who looks like he's a ten-year season vet. My goodness gracious! You heard it. Um, you heard it here first on the Knicks Jets Etc. podcast. If you're listening to the draft coverage, you knew all about Malachi Flynn. Facts. Thank you to everyone who came on here. Whether it was uh, Jeffrey Campbell, Chris Persianen, Corey Tulliba, and Chris LeBron, we all talked about. Uh, we talked about a lot of draft coverage on, on this pod, and thank you all for your help. And I would say the Knicks, that is just, that's not even right, man. We're going to have to go against Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, and Malachi Flynn. Can we always have quickly back? Can we? I know, right? I know. If we, if we had quickly back by then, I'd be like, you know what? There's a better shot, but I, I can't I can't feel it, man. So I think I agree with you. I think we lose that one. And then uh, mostly because of the guard play. And then for the... Knicks at paces. I think we can come back and get revenge, man. I actually think Me this too. is a game that we can come back and win. We were close that last matchup. Um, I think with seeing the paces the first time, they can get Mitch and Noel ready for Sabonis and Miles Turner. Uh, more so Sabonis. Sabonis was the one who was just going to town on everybody. And I think it, once again, guard play is going to be an issue because Depot, but not really Depot. It's it's really Sabonis. Know. Sabonis is really the issue, yeah. man. We can't guard he him. Is. But I think yeah. that I think we'll probably scheme something. Um, and again, as you as we kind of pointed out, uh, NBA teams usually uh, split these types of uh, ball games um, in the schedule. So yeah, man, I kind of see the Knicks being three and three. Like you're talking about realistic. I, I kind of see the Knicks coming out three and three after their first six games. Um, and that's right after New Year's. Like that, that's pretty solid for me, man. Like I, I'll take that Dude, three and three. I can see the Knicks being three and three as well. And if that's the case, this is a way better start than we were last season, and we're moving in the right direction if we're three and three because that means our kids are developing, and you know the team is just being competitive overall, and we're starting to build that foundation to be successful for the future. So I'll, I'll gladly take three and three. I think that would be great, way better than last season where we were four and eighteen. So. T- anything would be better than that. But I think that covers it for the next portion of this podcast. So let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and finish up with the et cetera section. All right, everyone. And we're back from the break. So, John, what do we got for et cetera today? What's up, man? For et cetera today, let's just talk about. Let's just start talking about the primetime games we got today because, dude, I am so excited about this NBA season. Shout out to my sister in law. Uh, who uh, got my brother and I NBA League Pass for Christmas. Uh, hey. <laughs> it was a great, great gift, a season-long gift. We'll be thinking about her every time we sign on. Um, it's great because my brother lives in L.A., still a diehard Knicks fan, so it'll be easier for him to uh, watch the games. But we were talking about Atlanta, how excited we were for them. We were also talking about how excited we were for the Heat. Remember that? So we got the Bucks versus Heat. They probably had a, a little bit of a, of a look-in game. You know what I mean? They probably thought they'd, they'd kill the Knicks, you know, double-digit favorite on opposite day Sunday. Looking ahead <laughs> to that, looking ahead to that primetime, you know, Bucks versus Heat revenge game. You know what yeah. I mean? I, it's going to be a really, really, really good game. Uh, like, I got two questions for you, Alex. What, like, we haven't seen, it's right now Sunday night, we haven't seen anything yet. So I got two questions for you. One, what do you think the line is going to be? I'll put you on the spot. And two, how do you think the game's going to go? Mm. I think it's plus. Oh, it's minus. It's probably minus. Minus seven bucks. Wow. Am I right on money? No, I don't know. We don't know yet. But like that, that, oh, that that's okay. a good guess. So, I, I would get. I would guess minus two bucks. Really? Okay. Yeah, because if it's plus, if it's honestly, if it's seven, I'm. I think I'm taking Miami. Okay. And uh, the money line. 
Okay. See, I feel <laughs> like I think the Bucks are going to come back with some vengeance. But that's, that's the line. That's why I think the line will be. Why I actually sure. think will happen. Uh, I think the Miami Heat are going <laughs> to win. Fair, 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 fair. And I like the Miami Heat. I think the issue with the Bucks is we see this formulaic system out of Mike Budenholzer, which I get tired of. It's really this three and drive type system. And it's really like I get it's it should be centered around Giannis. Fine. But it's there's no there's no adjustment to when it doesn't work. And I think the Bucks can exploit that with their system of just they run it. They run differently with. You got Jimmy Butler. You got Bam Adebayo. You got the you got the kid that I hate the most because everyone hypes him up too much. Tower freaking hero. We got a song about him. Jesus Christ! Uh, the song is so good. You're such a hater. You're such a hater. Shout out to Chico uh, for for tagging me, saying your boy Tyler Hero. Just I love that you listen to the pod, man. Appreciate it. And uh, dude, I, I just I just can't like the. I can't. It's just too much right now. It's just too much. I get. I want. I got to listen to the song. I still got to listen to the song. But it's just too much hype around this one child. After just one year, let's relax. My goodness gracious. Um, so I just see the Heat just being very versatile in the way they can play the game, especially with Drogic and everyone else. And that's why I got them going. I think. I think they can just take the Bucks. Like we saw last season. Last season they had a tough time against the Bucks. They had actually. I'm sorry. The Bucks had a tough time against the Heat. He'd had the Bucks numbered last season during the regular season as well during the playoffs, and I think they're going to have it at the same time again this season as well. So I see the Heat winning that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page there. I, I've been honestly, I've been really liking what the Heat uh, have been bringing to the table this year so far. They've been one of my favorite teams to watch. Atlanta has been fantastic to watch. Um, the Spurs have been so nice to watch. Um, I'm. But, like, t- going into our uh, second primetime game, I'm really not impressed with the Pelicans, dude. I, I, I really don't like what I see from the Pelicans at all. And vice, and on the other flip side of that, I love what I see from the Phoenix Suns, dude. I, like, really love this Suns team. So, I'm going to give you the same question. Like, what do you think that line's going to be? Um, and how do you think that game's going to go? I think it's my, I think it's going to be minus 10 Suns. Um, wow, I think it, I I really think the Suns are just that much better than the the Pelicans, man. Just because Chris Paul once again elevates the play of everybody, can just organize everyone. That's what you love about the Suns. That's what we wanted him on the Knicks, bro, is because he can do legit point guard play. Point guard, he's the point god for a reason. This dude elevated the Oklahoma City Thunder. And now you have him with Devin Booker. You have him with DeAndre Ayton. You got Jalen Smith, who's a rookie, a good solid rookie on that team who plays the four and the five. You got Mikhail Bridges. They got a lot of solid pieces on the Suns. And I think they're ready to just continue. And like Javion Carter is another good one. Like, dude, the Suns are the Suns are solid. I like the way they play. The Pelicans, I agree with you. What is going on, man? Like this team was hyped, and it's just like it's supposed to be the dar- the NBA darling. And I don't know if it's just that there's been no preseason or an off season that they're just coming in rusty. But I'm not feeling it right now. You know? Yeah, I'm not. I don't agree with you necessarily uh, with your premises, but I agree with your conclusion. So I agree with you that the Suns are nice, and, I, and I, I'm not feeling the Pelicans, but. Brandon Ingram's a monster, like, and they have some solid bench players uh, coming out of New Orleans. I do think they'll get it together. Uh, Zion's the type of player that's going to get it together as the season rolls on. He's not really a, like, turn it on from the jump type of guy. Yeah. But my, minus 10, that's your guess? Like, if it's anything more than minus four and a half, I'm going Pelicans. I just think, I just think that, um, I just think that the Suns are just that more in tune that they're more ready that's how i feel and from watching the pelicans i haven't gotten that feeling from them at all i mean we just saw what the the heat did to them so i think the suns could do the same thing uh i don't think it's too far out of the realm that's why and uh that's just that's just how that's just my feeling on them i think the pelicans will come along later but i'm just saying from the jump it's just i think it just takes time for this team to gel so that's just how. That's just how I feel about them. Cool. But then, cool. Uh, yeah. That's it. So, uh, w- w- what you have at the Toronto Philly game? We both have Toronto. Um, 
winning their first game of the season at Philly, which I think are still kind of fraudulent. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I think Phil. I mean, watching them against the Knicks, dude, that was just. I mean, I know they. I know the term was that it was like. Uh, it was like uh, watching the Sixers play with their food, but I don't think it was even really watching them play with their food, dude. The first half, they were not hitting shots, and they were they should have been hitting some of those shots. And then by the third, sure, it was just a normal Knicks just debacle. And I don't know if it's necessarily a, a Phoenix, uh, a Seventy Sixers just ascension into like everything clicking. I, I, I think there is, I think it's both those things combined uh, to a certain degree, but I'm not, I, I think Toronto comes out. Toronto's the more, got, they got to get a win. And I think it's going to be against the 76ers. I agree with you. All right, man. Well, let's see um, how we uh, end up doing with the guest lines. I, I, I kind of bring it a little bit closer to the minus like five and a half for the heat. Minus uh, five and a half. Uh, Oh, I bring it a little bit higher than the than the than the than the than the two or three, but I'm curious as to how we're gonna do, man. I'm curious as to how it's gonna uh, shape up. But that, that that's that, that's about it. That's about it for me. All right, awesome. So, thank you everyone for tuning into another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets Etc. podcast. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast, and please tell all your friends about us and your family members. Please make sure to give us a five star rating and to leave a comment. Also, make sure to find us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in. And please make sure to check out the next episode of this podcast, which is the Jets episode coming out later this week, where we have to talk about the Jets going on a two-win streak late into the season. What is going on, folks? This is unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable. The Knicks and the Jets, the two best franchises in, in their prospective leagues on this beautiful December 28th night. Hang our album podcast banner from the Raptors. <laughs> Both of these teams. That's what we need. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, Knicks, baby. Let's go, Knicks. Later, everyone.